across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyman, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. Guys, in my 27 years of uh, doing this full time, I, I could think of many occasion where my stomach hurt and my body ached because I lost the listing. I, I was consumed by the fact that I thought that I had it, that I had massive rapport with the people and it was in the bag and then they called me and said they liked somebody better. It was almost like a jealousy thing where... You know, a girlfriend uh, decided she liked a guy better. It hurt, right? It hurt, and I hated it. I can remember several occasions where my children were little, and I was playing with them joyfully, and then I had to put on a suit and go out on a listing appointment, and I came home, took off the suit after three hours, and of course, I missed them. They're taking their naps or whatever, and three or four days later, I find out I didn't get it. I'm like, I wasted that time. I... That the time was stolen from me and it pissed me off. And uh, that's one of the reasons I created the CLA course, the Certified Listing Agent course. I got eight of the top listing agents, sat them down, filmed them, unedited to the degree of, you know, oh, cut that out. I don't want my competitors to know or, oh, cut that out. I don't want people to see it. None of that was happening, buddy. We filmed everything. And then we had discussions on uh, their listing appointment, why they do what they do. Then I took that and we cut it up in the 7 to 12 minute pieces and created quizzes for each little piece. So if you wanted to, you could take two years to take this course. Every free 10 minutes you have, take a module. 52 modules of this, right? I mean, this is high intensity stuff that works. By the time you finish this... It's going to be ingrained. You're going to roll into that listing appointment with a Superman cape on. And on top of that, I'm so confident about this that I'm personally guaranteeing it. You guys, I'm easy to find. Google me. I'm easy to find. You know, if you're pissed about the course and you think it sucks, send me an email. Pat, this course sucks. Give me my money back. I'll give it to you right away. I got no problems with that because I'm guaranteeing this course that you'll love it and you'll think that it's well worth the money so what i did is i made a promise uh the first 200 people get 50 percent off we're not there yet we are over 100 so more than 50 percent of our coupons are gone i have less than 100 coupons left for 50 percent off all you got to do is go to hybendigital.com backslash cla50 hybendigital.com backslash cla50 as soon as those 200 are up Boom, it's going on the market for $9.97. And it's still going to be worth it because it's got 28 downloads of pre-list books. You know, pre-list books, net sheets, CMAs, everything that these guys use today. Not yesterday, today. Everything these eight agents use on a listing appointment and their uninterrupted listing presentation and bite-sized chunks and quizzes to make sure it sinks in and... You must get high scores on each quiz. And when you're done, you get a certificate 
It says CLA. You can put CLA on your business card. And the certificate is LinkedIn compatible and it goes right on LinkedIn if you want it. It, it. it just makes you that much more worthy and that much more able, first and foremost, to get there and beat any mega agent, any neighborhood specialist, any agent that you have lost a listing to in the past, no longer. No more sand in the face, skinny guy. This is going to work. Trust me. And like I said, 100% guaranteed if it doesn't. So go on, hybendigital.com backslash CLA50. And I'll see you at the bank with the listing commission checks in hand. Okay, Rockstar Nation, I got a special guest <clears throat> today. I got Russell Rhodes on the phone. And, you know, it's funny. I interviewed Russell before I even started publishing these at all, way back about three years ago at a Keller Williams family reunion in my hotel room, and the audio got screwed up, and so he's never been on the show. I've been trying to get him back ever since, and uh, he's finally here, and he's going to share some good stuff. He's, he's out of Dallas, Texas, and he is a guy you want to know about. So listen, get your paper and pencil ready because he's going to spit out some meat and potatoes. Russell, welcome to Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Hi, Pat. How are you? Doing awesome, buddy. So why don't you give our audience a little rundown, Russell, about you so they can get to know you better? Sure. I have been with Keller Williams for 15 years. Before that, I started in... I uh, went to school at TCU, got a degree in finance, worked for a company called Arthur Anderson. Then I worked for PepsiCo in their corporate audit group. Uh, then I ran an apparel company that we took from inception to $23 million in sales and then sold it to an L.A.-based company. And um, it was after those ventures and my oldest son, who was five, had lived in four states that my wife finally said, that's it, we're not moving anymore, pick one place, that's where we're going to raise our family. I grew up in the Dallas area, my dad was a custom home builder since 1982, my mother was a residential real estate agent since 79, and we had a lot of family here, and so we decided this is where we're going to set our roots and raise our family, so that's when we came here in 2000. And uh, after about a, a year of trying to trying to figure out the whole real estate thing, I saw that I could really build a company instead of just of a sales job. So about a year later, my mother left Remax and joined me. Then my dad stopped building and he joined me. And fast forward to today, we have nine administrative folks. We have 15 buyer agents uh, or, or agents. We did last year, we sold... 526 homes. We did uh, roughly 197 million in sales, and uh, that the GCI on that was roughly just a just a little north of five million. So five million uh, bucks. Congratulations! Is that your you. first year over five million? Uh, no, I've done it three years in a row now. Okay, and is it? Have you gone over 200 million in volume? I have actually. It's funny you ask that. I've gone. Uh, I've actually. I've hovered around the that number for four years, I think, and two of those I've gone over five million, and I've done. I did two o three one year, and I did. I think it was like two o five or two o seven another. 
That's, so I've just barely good. got over two different times of the four times. And then another two times I was hovering in that 194 to 198 million. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then what's your net profit? My net last year we did. So we went down in units last year and volume. Well, actually, it's interesting, just a little bit in volume. But so for me, two parts of that. Bottom line, last year in 2015, my net was one. What I'm doing is I'm adding back on, you know, some of the stuff that I do. Yep. But I'd say the number is roughly one, was about 1.4. 1.4. So you're looking at roughly 30% let's see three no you're looking at about 25 percent yeah 20 percent that's right. good okay you know a team like that if you can get 20 percent on five million that's 1.25 so that's good i think in my opinion that's good you know i mean if you make 1.4 million dollars it doesn't matter what your gci is and in, in my opinion so that's I, I love it so so i created this new uh category it's called lti uh, which is left to invest. So out of that 1.4 million that you make, you pay taxes, you take a couple trips wherever and you buy some clothes, blah, blah, blah. What do you have left to invest? What's your LTI? We're probably somewhere in the neighborhood of three to 400,000 a year that I'm um, moving over and investing. Where do you put that? I've always been, uh, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I've always been really nervous with the stock market because every time I get involved, I just get slaughtered. And so, uh, uh, so what I've been doing for the last three years is doing hard money lending. And so we are, uh, so I work with other investors around here who are buying and flipping properties and I'm kind of playing a little bit in that world. But also what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, you know, loaning money to these guys at 10% and two points. And, um, and it's, uh, it's, it's been a, it's, it's been a nice return for me. You're cheap. I know. You know, the problem is, <laughs> is cause I know up North, like, I don't know if you know, Leo Perez, he's doing that yep. and he's doing about, I think last year he did a little over 3 million and he, they made in hard money lending. And I think they were more in the neighborhood of that 14, 15% and, or 12 to 14%. And I think like five points, four to five points. Yeah. In, in this area, it seems to be more of the common price uh, amount that people are charging. But I have been told by people up north that I am uh, too cheap. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because that's like interest rates, right? The interest rates, you, you, you can't get a, a 2% interest rate here and the same loan be 10% in Texas. It doesn't work like that. You know, it is what it is. You know what I mean? So... No, but it's I don't know if you're about what I, but it's 10, I charge 10%. I know, I know, I know, points, I know. I'm, I'm just right? giving an analogy. You know, right. there's variance shouldn't be that much, but maybe it is. Maybe it's a cultural thing. You ought to try to raise it and see what happens. But anyways, let's get back to your team. So now, you know, one of the things you said to me before the call was you did 500 some units. You got 192 of those units you were involved in. That was your deal, right? Tell me about that. Yeah, well, two years ago, um, two years ago, we sold 583 homes, and out of those, I sold 192 of them. I think I had like a hundred and so. What does that mean? 178 listings, and I oh, had geez. like what is it was 14 or 15 buy sides. And okay, so when you say I did 192 listings myself, which is 
you know, 17 a month. What does that mean? You just went and got them to sign the papers and your team did everything else? Or what does it mean when you're, when it's your deal? It's going to be that it's, it's going to be a mixture of, of probably everything you said. Um, some of the clients I'm, I'm heavily involved in and from negotiating the repairs to the contracts and then others, my, my mother, who is my partner, she gets very heavily involved in helping me in negotiating the contracts and repairs. So on those, the majority of those were either negotiate the contracts were negotiated and the repairs were negotiated by and appraisals were attended by either me or my mother on probably um, 90% of them. Wow. Okay. And, and also closings. So I always go, I always go to my closings. Um, if, if we sold the home for top of the market where it needs to help to go and uh, be present at the appraisal, we go to that. We also negotiate all the contracts and we negotiate all the repairs. That's a lot of work. It's, 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 uh, it keeps us busy. Hopefully trying to keep me out of a little bit of a trouble, I guess. <laughs> wow. So, okay. And so how do you, how do you compensate your mom? Um, she gets paid, uh, for the, she does a couple things. One is, is for the deals that she is directly selling. She gets the splits as if the, you know, or the agents on our team do. So, you know, whether it's, you know, if it's her buyer that she picked up from the phones or whatever, she'll get paid 50% on that. And then what I do is I pay her a $3,000 base a month to help me to, uh, like when I'm on listing appointments or whatever, she'll answer the calls and help me follow up on stuff. And then um, at the end of each month, we go through and we look at all the closings that I had, and then we look at which ones that she, her name's Verna, that Verna was involved in, and then we look at what was the level of complexity that she was involved in. Was it just a simple, you know, um, a simple negotiating on a contract uh, or in repairs, or was she lining up the contractors to get out to the house to fix up the house? And did we have to go and meet with, you know, several people? Is this person really high maintenance? And you had to talk to them, you know, six times a day. And based on all those factors, there's kind of a baseline that I'd pay her based on each of the individual tasks, if you will, that she performed. And then if someone was a lot higher maintenance, um, then I would increase that number a little or significantly. So a couple hundred bucks to a thousand bucks or so per yeah, deal, I mean, I, depending. I probably, I probably paid her up to four or five thousand dollars on some deals. Right. Well, yeah, and and uh, it sounds like she's involved at least on the appraisal and the home inspection on most of them. So, yeah, so there's a couple hundred grand right there, and just like bonuses, you know. Yeah, I mean, but she's but she's not normal. I mean, she's an animal. Yeah, I mean, she is. I'm, well, I'm that's great that you could have somebody that amazing that, that does that. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, she's phenomenal. She's not. You know, the truth is, and I'm not saying being humble, but being totally truthful, she's much better than I am at it. <laughs> and, and and I'm you know, so she she came from. She's been an agent since '79. You know, with I don't you, you know the name um, the Harkers. Yeah, uh, you know that. So 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 uh, Mary Harker, uh, my mother, they they were big competitors, hmm. and so it's kind of funny that now Dan and I you know, our friends and kind of competitors, if you will. But my mother and, 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 and Mary were major competitors out of the same office. And it was always kind of bucking for, you know, the top five with Remax in the state of Texas. That's fascinating. That's yeah. fascinating how that, how that happened. So, okay. So 
couple things come to mind. Okay, you're doing, all, you're going on all these appointments, right? Like, like what? How are you scheduling these? What kind of systems do you have in place so that you know Russell is at this listing appointment with a full CMA and paperwork ready to sign at the right time on the right day? What? How do you do that? How do you schedule your day? Tell me a little bit about scheduling. Sure. Well, first of all, you know, so we keep my calendar on Google Calendar so that all the, the ladies in the office can see it. So if they schedule an appointment for me, of course, we all know it. If there's a change in the schedule, we all know it. And um, so, A, we use Google Calendar. And then, B, what we do is, is for, as far as scheduling listings, and I can tell you that I've been backing off listings uh, some. So I think last year I sold roughly 125 personally of the 526 so you know I cut it down quite a bit um, and then which is intentional uh, one is because it's a uh, it's a lot of work handling that many right it's yeah a, uh, you kind of get, get, get a little tired so what, do you, what do you just cherry pick the big ones not necessarily some but it's really more looking at where the listing is it might be based on price point but it also might be based on we do a ton of referrals and so it depends also how did we get that listing and is it from like a really strong client of mine who referred me to them or is it a past client or whatever? So you don't have a system. It's just basically you look at it and then you decide. Exactly. Got it. For, for the most part, I mean, there's kind of a system at high level in that if it's a past client, they automatically put me on it. So that would be a system. Okay. But then, but then others, they would say to me, hey, you know, Pat Hyben referred this person to you. Um, here's where they live. Do you want to go on or do you want, you want me to set it up for Carter? Got it. Okay. And Carter is your listing agent. He's, he's one of my listing agents. Well, how many listing agents do you have? I have uh, – I've kind of changed that model, to be honest with you, because um, I found that it wasn't working as well for us to only have, like, let's say, two listing partners. Because I've got, I've got some pretty strong agents on my team who have the ability to go and do the listings. So what we've – now we've just converted to, if you will, or changed our – our uh, systems in that there's three or four agents that have the have, have been authorized, trained, I guess, certified to do listings, and they can also do buy sides. And so I'm kind of moving away from just the strict here's my four listing partners and here's my eight buyer agents to more of. I've got listing partners and I got buyer agents, and then I've got some agents who are kind of hybrid. You know, and these are agents of mine that are, I've got like three or four agents that are doing between 400 to 500,000 a year GCI. And, um, really? and so these agents are. That's great. Are, yeah. And, so they're, and, they're, and what did, like, let's say you give an agent, you know, it's not a past client, right? It's, uh -huh. it's a lower price range, but it's a listing. It's a solid listing. Mm-hmm. You give it to an, one of these four buy, uh, listing agents. What do they make? They get uh, 35% minus the listing expenses that we have. So it's kind of an a la carte where we go through and look and we say, so there's like kind of a baseline cost of what does it cost to do a listing. So we, we went through and kind of did a cost accounting, if you will, mm -hmm. identifying what are the real costs for a listing. And for us, that real cost um, not including the stagers and photographers and and all of that stuff, you're looking at about eleven $1 hundred dollars a home, is what it costs us to do a listing. 
So they get thirty-five percent less, eleven hundred bucks. Minus, well, first of all, eleven hundred, and then if we did stagers and photographers, let's say you had another five hundred there, so it's fifteen hundred dollars. But what I did was I absorbed a lot of the, so my actual costs are more like around what I said as far as that eleven hundred. But the uh, we cut it down. I think it's I think we're charging them six hundred dollars for the listing expense plus. Then if they do the stagers and the photographers, whatever the real costs are on that, yeah. we take that off the top of the commission, and then they get 35%. So, so the number ends up being somewhere around 31 depending on the, what they have done, probably anywhere between 30 to 32% maybe. So they're incentivized to to sell minimal service if if possible. Like if the people don't care and they don't need a stager or it's, or, or whatever – they're not going to bring up, oh, stager, because they're going to make less money. So, so it incentivizes them actually not to uh, stage a house if it doesn't need it, not to you know, call out the pro when it comes to f- photographs if, if it looks like crap to begin with and you, you, you can do basic photos on your iPhone or whatever. So, so it kind of incentivizes them not to spend your money. Yes, except for, uh, first of all, that answer is correct. However, we, we have a policy – that if the home is over a certain price amount, they have to use professional photographers. I got you. And that makes sense. What is that also, price? Uh, it would depend on what you know whether they do the elevated shots with the drones and all that. It depends if they come back and do the night shots. But in general, it's somewhere around two hundred dollars. No, 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 no. So, like, what is um? Okay, so like, what is it? Half a million bucks to a million. When do you get the drones? At what price point do you get the drones? The drone would have to do more with the type of lot it is. So if it's not going a little bitty subdivision, you know, a subdivision which which has a quarter acre lots, we typically would not do the drone unless it backed up to a golf course. But if it's like an interior lot in a you know a small lot neighborhood, then we typically would not do the drone. If it's on an acre of land or on a golf course or green belts or something significant, you know, that that gives it a purpose, then we would do the drone. Okay. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. All right. So you've been at this a long time, Russell. You've sold your billion dollar agent. I'm assuming, I mean, these, this sort of volume, you're certainly there. Been there a long time. What would you say, what lesson in real estate took you the longest to learn? I think that probably the lesson that I am still trying to figure out the right balance on is the is what do I delegate out to and letting other agents do and what I do myself. I'm probably not the, I'm a great delegator if I have 110% confidence of the person I'm delegating to. And if I know the client will be, will be handled in the level that I'd want. But if I have any reservations there, I'm probably a little too hands-on. Yeah. You, you know, workaholic tendencies basically is what you're trying yeah, to wean off here. That's kind of an ugly way to say it, but, <laughs> but, in, but unfortunately, it's true, yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what is something that other real estate agents do, right, where you look at it and you say the juice is just not worth the squeeze? I won't do that. Uh, for me, it's starting to be in certain price points or certain distances. I guess three things for me. One is is that you know when you first start out for a while – you're just so thankful to have someone to talk to, you know, just just to have a dollar coming in. You're so thankful, and I'm still very thankful for that as well. But yeah, um, it's like a programming, I, right? You know, yeah, 
but but I'm getting now where if the person's a handful, it's like for example, just two days ago, the guy was just an absolute handful, and um, it was for a nine hundred thousand dollar house, and um, I basically told him that I don't feel like I'm a good fit for him. And it's funny when you tell somebody you won't work with them, they don't mind telling you that you're not the right for them. But when you fire, when you basically tell them that you don't want them, they they typically get really mad. It's funny. Um, and um, you know, for me, what I've realized is is that it, no matter how desperate and hungry you might get, you've really got to search hard. Is is that is it worth it? Is that person who's really Every time you see their number show up on your your phone, do you just cringe? Oh, because you know the way they are. Those people are not worth it because they make you not handle the other clients you have as well because you don't have the time because they're sucking up all your time. B, you're just in a cruddy mood. You can't. It's just so liberating to be able to say to clients that are a problem to say, I'm sorry, but I'm not a good fit, and to recognize it up front and not do it and just don't put, take yourself down that path. And that's probably one of the things that I've been allowing myself to do for the last probably, say, five years, and it is so liberating to do it. It was so hard at first, but, you know, you get at those customers, you're like, oh, my God, I wish I'd never taken this. You can usually smell those kind of people before you <laughs> ever get with them. You know, isn't and, that the truth? Isn't that the truth? You know, you probably know them in the first five minutes of the listing appointment, right? You know, that's and so. And so that's that's one thing that I that I uh, that I would really recommend to people to, to do. the uh, The other thing is is to really understand that the only thing that you really have to sell is your time, mm. and so you've got to be extremely protective of it, and you've got to decide: is it worth taking a uh, uh, you know, a hundred and thirty thousand dollar buyer that is wanting to cover a huge span, and it's going to take <laughs> you five or six days to do whatever. And they're so indecisive, and they start writing these crappy offers or whatever it is. At what point do you say, you know what? I'm going to cut bait and focus my energies on the 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 the, the highest uh, cost productive way or price productive means of my time because I always tell my agents all the time all you have is your time yeah and 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 that time can either be worth as an agent ten dollars an hour or it can be worth you know a thousand dollars an hour and that's no exaggeration and 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 it's all up to you being smart on who do you decide to to work with and um, you know the problem is once you kind of get going you're kind of into it so you need to really suss the people out from the start and decide is this one that I'm ready to to connect you know to to uh, to, to 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 work with and what is it going to prevent me from doing with other people and how much more money could I've made and what's my quality of life yeah yeah now this is a great conversation Russell because I think that any real estate agent it, I don't care everyone has to start somewhere right and so where when you're starting out you condition yourself that every phone call, every potential prospect means money, right? It's kind of like conditioning a dog. It's like Pavlovian, right? You condition a dog with, with a biscuit and yep. they sit 
and then eventually they hear you unwrapping some cheese or hear you uh, going into the biscuit box and, and they, they sit and they start drooling and we're the same way. And the next thing you know, we're making a million dollars a year and we're still attracted to that cheese being unwrapped or that biscuit box being shaken. And, and you can't get rid of that just like a dog can get rid of it. So what have you done or what are you doing so you don't have that Pavlovian response. So you um, can feel good about getting rid of a $900,000 listing. What Take us through that process because I think a lot of people struggle with this and they need a how-to. Well, I think the first thing is, is when you've had enough experience being kicked in the teeth by those kind of people, at some point you just say, shit, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah, kind of like I a dog. Like we say bad words about that. Yeah, but, that's all right. Yeah. No, so if you, I mean, if the dog comes up and you and you you put a shock collar on every time it goes for a biscuit or a piece of cheese, yeah. so so that happens naturally. Now that's the hard way, right? right. Um, but uh, but that's legitimate. It's like having a heart attack and then suddenly you you become vegan. I mean, that happens too. But that's yep. the hard way to become vegan. How do you become vegan without a heart attack? How do you become not addicted to that having every deal without a shock collar i think you know what the truth is you know and you know i could sound real clever and disciplined that you know i never take on those kind of customers and if i did tell you that it'd be a lie the truth is it probably depends on what time of year is it how busy i am uh how are my sales this month you know, all that stuff. The problem is, is in life, there's a lot of things you do. You don't like doing it, but you got to do it to make it work, to make things work, right? So there's there's no perfect answer. Part of it is, is where are you at at that moment, in my mind anyway. And I know that's probably not the right answer, but it's the truth for me. Yeah, I mean, but it so, works. Like if I mean, you're too I, busy, I you're not going to take them. Yeah, I mean, I put up a lot more crap in November, December, and January than I do in April, May, June, and July, right? Mm. I just, mm. I'm going so quick and I don't have time to mess around with someone that's just a, a beater. You know, they just just beat you up all the time. It's not worth it. But when it's really slow, I'll tolerate it a little bit more if I think I can sell their house really fast. And um, so, you know, it depends is the truth. Even though that shouldn't be, it should be that I never take them, but that's not the truth. But it depends. If I think someone is really of a poor character type or is a yeller or they're really over the top or they're wanting me to be at their house for every showing, or they want to be priced really high and they make a big deal letting you know that they don't have to sell and they're not going to lower their price and all this. And if you know it's too much, then it's like, what is the point? Why, why do you do that? Some people say, well, so I can pick up a buyer from it. Let me tell you something. You can pick up other buyers from other things a lot easier than dealing with that seller for the next three or four months and beating you up every day on why their home hasn't sold even though you told them from the very start that they should be priced at seven ninety nine, and they want to price it at nine hundred, and then they're pissed off at you every day because <laughs> it hasn't sold, they want to know why, what are you going to do about it, right? Mm -hmm. It's just not worth it. And so that's one thing I really try hard to do is evaluate and say, is this person going to be worth it? And as I talk to them, I will try to decide, listen to their words, and just listen to, you know, is there a respect there? Do they have a level of respect for me? Or am I nothing more than a, um, um, you know, just a means of what's trying to accomplish? And there's, there's no respect, there's no appreciation for the knowledge that I, I, I feel that I bring to the table. And, and so if I feel there's no respect, no appreciation, and they talk down and don't, then I don't want that kind of person because they make me feel terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
this no, this no. is this is really good. I mean, so so you're actually talking to them before you go on the listing appointment. Sometimes, m- most of the time, the truth is no. Okay. Most of the time, the the ladies in my office have set the appointment, but they know. Sometimes they'll say to me, like this one that I told, I, I'm not in. You know, I his wife basically was begging me to do it anyway, and the guy was just an absolute jerk. And so, and finally, and the wife almost had me, we were on a conference call, and she almost had me talk back into it again. (laughs) And then he opened his mouth again and reminded me why I didn't want to do it, and I said no again. Um, So, um, and the the ladies in the office told me ahead of time, they said, I don't know if this one's going to uh, pass the mustard. I don't know if you're going to be able to survive this one. This guy's a handful. And sure enough, that's what he was. Yeah. And, you know, he's already gone through three other agents. And um, I, he, I just made sure I wasn't the fourth. But I can tell you also what I do or I try hard to do and I suggest to agents is don't do something that you hate doing. So personally, I hate prospecting. So I don't prospect ever, ever. And I'm not saying it's smart and I'm not saying there's not a lot of people make money from it. And I know all these things, right? But for me, I, I hate it so much that if I had to make that part of my job, I couldn't do my job. So I don't prospect. I do what I like to do. That's why I hired an assistant. I didn't need an When I, I hired an assistant within the first, it must have been the first two months, might have been the first six weeks. I hired a seller. I had one buyer, and he wasn't even a buyer. I was just showing him. He didn't, I didn't even have a contract. And I was already hiring an assistant to help me with stuff. And the reason I did that was because I knew that I needed to focus on what is the most dollar productive things and I could not I could not do that and do the administrative and take care and the administrative at the time for me was creating my websites and setting up my procedures. You know, I come from an operational background, so I knew I need to have certain things in place so that when I got the business I could be effective. And but if I spent my time doing that, I watched so many more IT type guys or engineer guys that get into real estate and they're more interested in going around and setting up all of their systems and, and doing, you know, and messing around for three months on creating all their stuff and they're not making any money. And I knew what was important is I got to be in front of people. And so that's what, so my focus has always been on what's the most dollar productive things that I enjoy doing or put a different way, I don't mind doing. It doesn't drain me physically and mentally. Yeah, that's great because then then you have more energy to do more of them, right? I mean, if you hate prospecting and you do two hours of prospecting, you're probably going to want to go home and take a nap. But if you're you're doing something that you love, it's going to actually energize you. Right. So well, let's, you know what happens is you know those people at prospect you do it for two hours and then what happens is anytime something else comes up you find a reason not to do it so then later <laughs> on the day you know it's kind of like a person on a diet and then you end up you know having a you know half gallon of ice cream then you feel terrible about yourself all day because you know you should have done it but you shouldn't have done it but you did it mm. well in this instance I didn't do it but I should have done it and so I just don't want to set myself up for failure I want to do what I know I'm great at and what I like doing and that's what I'm going to do it I'm going to excel at that and I'm going to hire people to do the other stuff. That's awesome. So let's talk about what you like to do. What do you like to do? Where's these 500 sales a year coming from? So a little over 60 something percent of those were referrals last year for us. Um, and um, so we, so the balance of them is coming from 
you know, web type stuff, whether it's uh, Tiger Leads and Boomtown and Commissions Inc. and all those. Um, we also get them from um, starting to do more open houses and starting to pick up some clients from it. Um, the, uh, but the bulk of our business, it's about roughly 60% is either referrals or repeat. Okay. So almost every day, right? That'd be like 25 a month. You close, settle a repeat client, right? That That's incredible, right? So, so like, and, th and this is not get a referral. A lot of people say, oh, I got 10 referrals this week. No, that's like ECI, GCI. That's like ego referral numbers. Russell's actually settling 25 referrals a month, one a day, roughly. So how, what, what are you doing? How do you do that? Like, how do you get so many? What do you do? You know, it's, I've, I've taught several classes on this to me and I'll share with you in a minute. A lot of, one of the things that we have is we have a client appreciation program, which I'll get into a minute that we, you know, have moving trucks and margarita machines and, you know, we do pie and popcorn and all these things for our clients. And everybody thinks that's the winning sauce. And they think, oh, if I just do that, then I'm going to get all these referrals. And they're really missing the boat. Um, the first place that I believe that it starts with a referral, if you don't do a really killer job, then, then I don't care <laughs> yeah. what you get for them. They're not going to refer anyone to you. Part of the thing of doing a killer job is you know that, that if you have a team – that your people are going to be interacting with your clients, some more, some less, but they're going to be having interaction. So the first, the very first thing I believe is that you've got to treat your own staff, compensate them and treat them with the kind of respect and financially take care of them in a way that, uh, and, 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 and the way that you care about them and everything else that they want to be part of your team, that they respect you, that they love you, that they, that you, you, you can't say to someone in my mind, um, I want you to treat my clients awesome, but I'm going to treat you not so well, right? You don't say that, but that's the way you act towards them. You don't, you, you under, you don't pay them more than what most people pay the same position in, in the neighbor, you know, in, in your community for the same kind of jobs. So almost all of my people are probably at least 10 to 20% more than anybody else gets paid for the same job in our area. And and you would probably, given the choice, right, if someone were to ask you, Russell, is your team overstaffed or understaffed, what would you say? Uh, in the, I would say, four months out of the year, it is, it is, overstaffed, it is understaffed dramatically. Um, there's probably three months out of the year that's just, that's just about right. And there's probably another four months or whatever it is that we are overstaffed. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's so hard about this business because the ebbs and flows, you know, we'll go right. from selling, you know, in May, June, we'll, you know, we can get up to 70 to 80 units in a month and then you'll go in January and you'll sell 15. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's like, so it's hard to do, but, but for the most part, I think, you know, being overstaffed, if you want to get referrals is a good thing. I always err on the part, the side of having enough staff. But Pat, I'm telling you a big issue that, again, I don't know why I'm telling everybody my secrets, but uh, I guess because you're asking me. But um, Thank you. <laughs> the, the biggest issue is how you treat your people. Because your people, they're, they're, they, when they talk to a client, 
how they treat that client is going to be a direct reflection of how you treat that in, that staff member. Yeah. So like my people, I give you know they have health insurance and four hundred one k plans, and you know if you've been with me for five years, you get three weeks vacation, mm. and blah 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 blah. What I did was is I set up this business in a way like because I came from the corporate world, and I looked at what do the corporations do for employee retention. And that's what I set mine up because, and I have, so give you an example, Tiffany's been with me for 15 years, Shelly's been with me, this is my administrative people, for 13 or 14 years, Cynthia's been with me for nine years, Ty's been with me for eight or nine years. That's awesome. Um, Wendy's been with me for eight or nine years. Um, you know, most people don't retain that many of no, your No, not in our people. industry. No, I mean, um, it's, the know, chick, it's the Chick-fil-A philosophy. I mean, yep. you're, 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 if you look at a Chick-fil-A compared to a Hardee's or a Burger King, there's always twice as many people behind the counter. Right. And what that means is that drive through line whizzes by. The, you walk into a Chick-fil-A, they get your order pretty lickety split. And it's the same thing. They're overstaffed and they treat them well and they can't work on Sundays even if they want to. And it's the same thing with you. You're saying you're going away for three weeks every year. You're, I'm paying you this 401k even though you don't need it and no one else in my industry does it or very few. Right. Very right. good. Like it. Guys, in my 27 years of uh, doing this full time, I, I could think of many occasion where my stomach hurt and my body ached because I lost a listing. I, I was consumed by the fact that I thought that I had it that I had massive rapport with the people and it was in the bag and then they called me and said they liked somebody better. It was almost like a jealousy thing where, you know, a girlfriend uh, decided she liked a guy better. It hurt, right? It hurt and I hated it. I can remember several occasions where my children were little and I was playing with them joyfully and then I had to put on a suit and go out on a listing appointment and I came home, took off the suit after three hours. And of course, I've missed them. They're taking their naps or whatever. And three or four days later, I find out I didn't get it. I'm like, I wasted that time. I, that the time was stolen from me. And it pissed me off. And uh, that's one of the reasons I created the CLA course, the Certified Listing Agent course. I got eight of the top listing agents, sat them down, filmed them, unedited, to the degree of, you know, oh, cut that out. I don't want my competitors to know. Or, oh, cut that out. I don't want people to see it. None of that was happening, buddy. We filmed everything. And then we had discussions on uh, their listing appointment, why they do what they do. Then I took that and we cut it up into 7 to 12-minute pieces and created quizzes for each little piece. So if you wanted to, you could take two years to take this course. Every free 10 minutes you have... Take a module, 52 modules of this, right? I mean, this is high intensity stuff that works. By the time you finish this, it's going to be ingrained. You're going to roll into that listing appointment with a Superman cape on. And on top of that, I'm so confident about this that I'm personally guaranteeing it. You guys, I'm easy to find. Google me. I'm easy to find. You know, if you're pissed about the course and you think it sucks, send me an email, Pat, this course sucks. Give me my money back. I'll give it to you right away. I got no problems with that because I'm guaranteeing this course that you'll love it and you'll think that it's well worth the money. So what I did is I made a promise 
Uh, the first 200 people get 50% off. We're not there yet. We are over 100, so more than 50% of our coupons are gone. I have less than 100 coupons left for 50% off. All you got to do is go to hybendigital.com backslash CLA50. Hybendigital.com backslash CLA50. As soon as those 200 are up, boom, it's going on the market for $9.97. And it's still going to be worth it because it's got 28 downloads of pre-list books. You know, pre-list books, net sheets, CMAs, everything that these guys use today, not yesterday, today. Everything these eight agents use on a listing appointment and their uninterrupted listing presentation and bite-sized chunks and quizzes to make sure it sinks in and you must get high scores on each quiz and when you're done you get a certificate that says CLA you can put CLA on your business card and the certificate is LinkedIn compatible and it goes right on LinkedIn if you want it it, it, it just makes you that much more worthy and that much more able first and foremost to get there and beat any mega agent, any neighborhood specialist, any agent that you have lost a listing to in the past, no longer. No more sand in the face, skinny guy. This is going to work. Trust me. And like I said, 100% guaranteed if it doesn't. So go on. Hybendigital.com backslash CLA50. And I'll see you at the bank with the listing commission checks in hand. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.